A white man? No! Welcome to the Unsub is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we are back with yet another Criminal Minds recap. Yeah. What an episode. I like this one. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. I I like almost everything about this episode. I was just complaining about the title of this episode, which... Yeah. I Elephant's don't. memory. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not my favorite. Very it's a bit esoteric. Contri- contrived. Uh-huh. Uh, this originally aired April 16th, 2008. It... I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. A lot of thoughts. Uh, yeah. So let's just dive right in. Yeah. Um, yeah. This one opens with a Johnny Cash song. So yes. you're immediately just like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it they sets make, a tone. They make a lot of weird musical choices mm-hmm. in the show overall. Yeah. This one had good ones. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was funny, though, because I watched this to take notes after, because I'm on maternity leave right now. Um so I have the TV on a lot in the background because I'm home alone yep. with a sleeping or nursing baby. Uh, and Walk the Line was on cable the other day. Oh, and I nice. had just, yeah, I had just watched that. Yeah. And then I watched this episode and I was like, oh, Johnny Cash. But it's a very different um, <laughs> feel. Yes. Uh, we see a man uh, in a truck pull up to a trailer. Uh, he gets out of the truck and... Yells at a tree. Yeah, very stable. Man, man yells at tree. <laughs> it's a very stable seeming guy. Just. Yeah. I don't know if it was like he was, was he supposed, supposed to, to be drunk. Dr- That's the like because he was like swaying yeah. a little when he was walking. So like my perception was that he was supposed to be intoxicated. Yeah. But I don't know. Either way, you don't get good vibes from this guy. No. Um, yeah. He threatens the tree with a chainsaw mm-hmm. and um, lights a cigarette and walks in the door. Mm-hmm. And then the whole trailer explodes. It is not a small explosion. (laughs) Boy, does it go up fast. (laughs) It is a very large explosion. And my first thought was, good thing we've got Morgan. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the the cops pull up directly into the burning wreckage. They park on top of a fire. (laughs) Can you believe, though, that they only sent one cop car to this scene? like Of a giant explosion? Yeah, an explosion of that sign, and the the response is one cop car is going to come and check it out first. Yeah, no no fire trucks. No, because he calls for fire trucks. And he's like, send everybody. This is huge. Or like, I feel like you would have known before then that this was huge. You should send more. Yeah, you... I don't know. Like, did they see the explosion and then pull up? Or did someone call in the I, explosion? I assume somebody had called it in. Because you would think that the fire trucks would already be on their way. Yeah. The yeah. But yeah, they park right on top of a fire. And then yeah. I was like, is the car going <laughs> to explode too? Um, but you don't have very much time to worry about that. Because mm-hmm. as soon as they approach the scene, they are just gunned down in a spray of bullets. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... It's like just very jarring because yeah. like I, I remembered parts of this episode, but mm-hmm. I didn't remember that. And no. it's like there's so much going on. It's like we are only three minutes into this yeah, episode. Yeah, your attention is elsewhere. And they're like, the they obviously know the person that lives there. Like he he says, oh my gosh, I think there's like a body in a tree, like yeah. burnt to a crisp. He's like, that. I think that's Rod Norris. And I was like, how could you possibly tell? Yeah. Um, and then he's like in the middle of talking about it when they're gunned down. Yeah. So it's a big twist. Yeah. Um, so then we jump to um, Reed at an NA meeting. It's like, wow, we're finally circling back to the addiction, yeah. huh? I'm like, did you guys remember after the last episode that yeah. you made Reed a drug addict at one point? Well, I feel like they only pay attention to this plot with Reed when it serves the main plot of the episode. Yeah. If it doesn't add anything to the, what's going on with the unsub, they don't care about it. Yeah. Um, also, it just, it seems like it was so long ago mm-hmm. and we've been watching these episodes like every week. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking like that whole drug addiction thing, yeah. with the Dilaudid or whatever, like if you were watching this when it was originally airing, that would have been like well over a year yeah. since they even brought it up. Right. It's like, I wonder if like people were just like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but it was weird too because they made in the last episode it made it seem like his 
knowledge of 12 step programs was coming from his personal experience with them, but then mm-hmm. he says it's his first meeting. Right. Ever. Yeah. I thought that was a little weird, but I was also really mad that he blames our hero, Jack Vaughn for the resurgence of his addiction. I know. Yeah. Cause he says that he, he doesn't know what he is. He used to have a narcotic addiction, but he just stopped doing that. Like you do. That's how addiction works. You just yeah. decide to Especially be done. Especially to narcotics. Yeah. Just notoriously like, easy to just stop. You know what? <laughs> no more. Yeah. I'm bored with this. <laughs> uh, but he's been thinking about using again because of the piece of shit who's, who Jack Vaughn blew his head off. And mm-hmm. it's like, what? I, I get that he was a kid, but like he was a like sadist who yeah. tortured and, and killed mutilated a, another teenager of a teenage and it's girl. not like he was like a 12 year old or something like he was like 19 20. or 20 yeah. yeah but yeah i was just i was like okay um this guy was he was horrible yeah. and you didn't get to know him at all in order to develop any sympathy for right, him. right right and reed's not that much older than a 20 year old at this point in the series the whole point is that he's like a wonderkin who you yeah. know is a doctor at such a young age yeah, but yeah, um, uh, there's another guy there who's like some FBI higher up that mm-hmm. they don't give a name or title to really. No. Um, but he recognizes Reed. He comes over and like reminds him like, like let's be discreet about this. You yeah. Know? Um, but he also gives Reed his one year medallion. Yeah. It's as, like an inspiration it's a something i see what they're going for but it's not as meaningful when it you don't when they don't know each other exactly it's just like a stranger and then i was trying to think and i don't remember like remember this man ever showing up again either i know i was trying to think i was actually just gonna look because it's michael ironside who is like in everything yeah um but i was like is he does he come back later and but i don't yeah i was gonna look and see on his imdb because i didn't i was looking at it yesterday of like oh yeah he was in that oh yeah he was in that yeah but i didn't look to see how many episodes of criminal minds he's in yeah because i know in like in gray's anatomy when they have like the whole thing where with richard being an alcoholic and like his sponsor like yeah like there's like plot lines where they bring they cut, yeah. But I, I couldn't remember this ever. No, this is the only episode. Yeah. So Reed, in fact, does not ever give him back that chip hmm. because they completely drop this plot. <laughs> <laughs> he still has it. Uh, Reed doesn't really understand why he's giving it to him. Neither do I. But the old guy assures him that he will. I'm like, no. okay, I hope so. Actually, no, he, he won't because we never will revisit this yeah. again. No one will ever know. I forgot know. we revisited even at this one time. Uh, yeah. Um, so Reed arrives at the BAU meeting late, and someone jokes that uh, he hopes they hope that she was worth it. And Morgan goes, I hope it was a she. And like, I was like, what is this joke? Uh, like, is this a homophobic joke? Yeah. Or was he saying, is I it like hope a nerd there was joke? Like, another person there and yeah, you weren't like just hanging just out by yourself? I don't, I don't know. It's hard. The delivery is very was, strange. I did not like that joke. Say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Reed lies about having been at the movies mm-hmm. and Rossi like kind of calls him out on it. And it's like, listen, you're calling these people in. At all times. Yeah, it doesn't matter, it doesn't where, matter he where he was. It took no. him a little bit longer to get there than everybody else. Yeah. It's none of your business what he was doing on his off time, so mm-hmm. chill out. I know. I couldn't... It's I couldn't, not like he was late for work at an assigned normal yeah, time. Yeah, they got a page or whatever. Yeah. I couldn't figure out if Rossi was, like, giving him a hard time or if he was giving the whole conversation, like, p- poking at the entire conversation of why are we even talking about where Reed was? Like, where... Yeah. Here for to I don't talk know. About this case. whole scene was so weird. I know, I know, and we're still only just a few minutes in, and there's so much going yeah. on. Um, so yeah, there are uh, two dead cops: the guy from the opening that we saw lighting the cigarette, and his daughter. Um, they're all dead, and that's enough reason for the BAU to show up. I, I guess. guess because there were police officers killed. I don't know. They haven't the investigated anything, so why not bring in the FBI? Yeah. Well, they they seem convinced that it's a terrorist attack. Yes. Um but yeah, it's even Morgan is like 
that's dumb. I'm like, yes. this is a middle of nowhere town in Texas. Why yeah. would terrorists? And the only reason they have for thinking that it's terrorists is because they set off the bomb to draw in the cops and then, or like to draw in the first responders and then yeah. kill the first responders. But why not? Like, they also sm- did that in the Hunger Games. So, <laughs> But if in a small town like that, wouldn't you, for your first thought, be like looking at those particular first responders in this town and who would want to kill them? Yeah. Like if you're... But yeah, the terrorism thing. It's very strange. Yeah. And they're like, no one in this town will be safe until we figure this out. I'm like, what makes you think that? That nobody is safe. Like, yeah. it's very clearly targeted toward these people. Yeah. So let's it, figure it out very... what the deal is with these specific people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then we get our first quote. A sad soul can kill you quicker, far quicker than a germ. John Steinbeck. A name we recognize. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have to qualify that one. Yeah. Uh, the team meets the sheriff in Texas. Uh, sheriff tells them that Jordan, the teenage daughter, was, quote, a little slow, oh, special ed and all that. Yeah. And then then Prentice says, oh, she was mentally challenged. And he says, she takes some talking to. And I was like, everyone stop talking, please. <laughs> please. Just all of you can stop, please. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. They learned that the house was blown up with gunpowder and a blown out pilot light. Um, so they realized that the unsub knew that Norris would be smoking and that he was likely to enter through that specific door. I don't yes. know how many doors are in the trailer, but it doesn't seem like there would be that many <laughs> options. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like a house that has six enters. Yeah. I didn't look that closely at it. Um, yeah. The, uh, the one cop, uh, officer Savage was also shot in the face after he had died. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they would have been able to ascertain that. No. Um, so, but that means to them that this is personal, not terrorism. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the team wonders who would want to sa- uh, target both Savage and the Norrises. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff conveniently remembers that Owen Savage, the dead cop's son, was dating Jordan. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's They're crazy. Like, it took you that long to make that connection? <laughs> it's a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they go to the Savage home. Owen isn't there. That's I, I just his last name is Savage. It's yeah. a bit on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lou Savage was a Marine who was discharged to take care of Owen after his wife died in a drunk driving accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reed asks whether Lou resented his family since there aren't any of photos of them anywhere. Lots and, of photos of Lou, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, The sheriff admits that Hope Savage was the drunk driver in the accident and that her drinking was no secret in town. Um, And I just want to make it clear to everybody that I have now put up more family photos (laughs) after having watched several episodes of the show because every Mm -hmm. time you go in and there's no family photos, they're like, what kind of a sociopath was this this parent? (laughs) I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm going to put up some more pictures of my kids. God. (laughs) I don't want anything to happen in the FBI to think I'm a bad mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Hotch asks the sheriff to try to crack the combination on the gun safe using family birth dates first, Mm -hmm. which I guess they just know. I mean, they're very close because the sheriff says that Owen lived with him while they waited for the dad to come back from his deployment when the mom was killed. So, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm close with a lot of people, but I don't remember their birthdays off the top of my head. No. Especially sometimes people ask for my husband's birthday and I'm like, oh, God. I panic (laughs) that I'm giving them the wrong date. Uh, But... um it is actually, tr- it actually turns out that the combination is the birthday of the Marine Corps itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a healthy relationship with the Marines. Which Koch knows yeah. off the top of his head. He knows everything. That's, that's one of his experiences. I bet he doesn't know Haley's birthday, though. he doesn't, or Jack's. <laughs> <laughs> that's irrelevant information. Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, all the guns are gone mm-hmm. from the gun safe, so that's not great. Um Reed is just being a real dick about Lou being a bad father. Yeah. And Morgan's like, hey, man, let's chill out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved in this part because Hodge says, if we had more time, we'd be more sensitive. I was like, no, no, you you wouldn't. wouldn't. (laughs) No, you wouldn't. (laughs) History tells us that's a lie. Yeah. (laughs) There have been plenty of episodes where you've been a dick and all you had was time Mm because there was no urgency. Um Morgan points out the poster of Johnny Cash and says that Owen 
identifies as a misunderstood loner. Mm. Like, I guess maybe I just don't know that much about Johnny Cash, but that wouldn't be my first. Uh, no, I mean, having just recently having rewatched Lock the Line. I haven't Walk watched the Lock the Line in a very long time, <laughs> so you're more an expert in this than I am. I but. don't know. I think I, what always struck me about Johnny Cash, I'm going to get so much hate for this probably, all those Johnny Cash lovers listening to this <laughs> podcast, um, is that he like he wrote all these songs about like killing people and being in prison and stuff, but he never actually did any of those things. No. So he's kind of a poser. I mean, I like the songs as yeah. much as the next person. He's a storyteller, yeah. but it's not coming from personal experience. Right, exactly. At all. Yeah. Like, so I never understood this like loners love Johnny Cash and dress in black like Johnny Cash. Yeah. Thing. It's like it's it's like he's writing about characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's not writing right, those like songs a novelist. About himself. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote Folsom Prison Blues and he had like two little girls at home in his like ranch house in California. Yeah. You know, he's a great storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Reed points out that Morgan probably had photos of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen on his walls. And Morgan says, don't forget about the sexy ladies of the sports <laughs> illustrated swimsuit edition while he does this like curvy body hand motion mm-hmm. thing. And it's, Uncomfortable. Do you like to think that Shamar Moore made the acting choice to do the curvy lady hands or the director told him to? I think that that is him. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone with a lower back tattoo <laughs> makes those choices on his own. Shamar Moore, we love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I was like, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were popular like... When I was a kid, yeah. So then I had to look up when Michael, like when he was playing. Mm. Michael Jordan started playing in the NBA the year I was born, and played professional basketball until I graduated from high school. Oh, whoa! Eighteen years. I didn't realize he was that. I mean, old for a an as professional athlete. Like eighteen years for a professional. That's a long time. Really long time. Plus, he played professional baseball and golf in there too. Yeah. Incredible. I know. And then I was like, I need to watch that Michael Jordan documentary. (laughs) (laughs) I guess everything they say about him is true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So um, the wife of the other dead cop shows up at the house to yell about how they'd better find Lou's freak son who killed her husband. Yeah. She's not very convincing. No. It's a bit much. Yeah. I I was mad because her name was Sarah. Like, you're making us all look bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hotch and Reed decide that they're going to go to the high school to find out more about Owen. And the sheriff gets word that Owen's uh, car was found near the interstate with another dead body. Mm. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, So Prentice and Rossi are talking. They get to the scene of the latest murder, which is like a convenience store. And they're just talking about how smart Owen is. Mm -hmm. Um, But like he killed the convenience store clerk and took off with his car. Right, which they know what his car is, so they know what to look for. It's an El Camino. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Could you find a more, like, I I mean, I'm not a professional murderer. I don't know. (laughs) But I feel like if I was on the run, I would like. You want like a sedan. Pretend your car is broken down. Yeah. So somebody pulls over to help and then kill that person and take their car. And then Mm. it's going to be harder to identify that person. Is that random? And then you don't know what car they're looking for. And that buys you more time. Yeah. This not only was somebody known to the killer. Yeah. He's known to the sheriff who seems to know the killed kid's car before they even have to look it up. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I forget the kid's name. Kyle. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Kurt. Kyle from the convenience store drives an El Camino. Everyone in town knows that. It's an El Camino. (laughs) (laughs) Which just, when I said it, all I could think of is like Brad Pitt and the Mexican. when he's like, El Camino. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, I'm like, that's that's not smart. Mm. Those aren't good forensic countermeasures. There's nothing about this kid. This is very easy to trace. Making him like stand out as a particularly savvy criminal. Yeah, when and especially when you find out where he has been hiding, they like, all, you could have figured this out with some detective. They work. all seem like dumbass choices that a high school kid would make. Yeah, like, I, exactly. Yeah. That's well, that's what I the like my, the next observation I wrote was like, do they really need a profile for this? This is a small town. All of these people know him. Seems like he like there's an easy way to figure out where he is. He lived with this sheriff guy for a while. They yeah. know him. 
they should know exactly where to look for him yeah. or what he might do next. This is yeah, and it's like a tiny, tiny town. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they go into the convenience store. Um, they look around. Um, they re- well, first of all, they realize that Kyle was a few years older than Owen, so they would have known each other from school. Mm-hmm. Um, they also realize that the items taken from the sco- store were all perishables or like food that would need to be cooked. Mm-hmm. So not the kind of road trip snacks you'd take if you were going on the run. Right, so they're like, right. oh, he must be hiding out somewhere in town. But they, like, they count all of these things, these observations, as profiling him. Yeah. Like, it does. I, I can tell you right now, this older kid was probably mean to him. And... Of course, he's staying local. He has nowhere else to go. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So the sheriff, um, I love this part so much. I know, me too. I actually, you were like talking about the part before and I was reading my note about what's coming up and smiling to myself about it because I'm so excited. Um, Yeah. The sheriff announces (laughs) that it turns out that what they thought were Jordan's remains were actually a couple of hams and some ribeye steaks stuffed into Jordan Norris's blue jeans. The exact words, because I rewound this several times. Three hams and a dozen bone-in ribeye <laughs> stuffed in Jordan Norris's blue jeans. And everyone's just staring solemnly Does at him and shaking everybody, Everyone in this scene deserves an <laughs> Emmy for being able to deliver this line without breaking. And no one reacted to it in the yeah. only way you could uh-huh. actually react. To, I mean, I don't care if you're actually investigating an actual murder. Yeah. If somebody says those words to you, how do you not laugh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And three hams. <laughs> How do you see three exploded hams in a pair of blue jeans? <laughs> I can't even talk. This like, is why would you put them in the jeans? Who wrote this line? I want to shake their hand. I know, like they're gonna stay. I mean, like they're did gonna you stay immediately in the yeah. jeans during the explosion? <laughs> did you immediately just have a mental image of like just a pair of jeans standing up, filled with meat? And then also they exploded it, right? So yeah. like how did it just not smell like a barbecue <laughs> yeah, when they oh got there? God. Oh my god. It's so good. It's the best line in Criminal Minds history. I need a t-shirt that says three hands and it doesn't vote. This might be our first piece of merch. Yes. This a t-shirt with some hams and ribeyes stuffed into some blue jeans. I expect you to work on drawing that yes. as soon as we're done with this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I was dying. I was yeah. laughing so hard. Uh-huh. It was, it's, it is just, oh, yeah. a chef's kiss line. Like, keep Perfect. doing the Lord's work, writers. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, yeah, so Owen, uh, we see him covering the car with a sheet, because yeah. even he knows yeah. that that's a very conspicuous car. And Jordan wakes up in a house looking for him. Owen gives her flowers and says that he made her breakfast. And you're like, this is a sweet boy. Like, I know he's a terrible person, but like, unlike the other kid from the Jack Vaughn episode, yeah. like, this kid also is doing terrible things, but you get to know you, him. And you sympathize with and him. There's, yeah, like, you can sympathize yeah. a little bit, whereas like, Reed couldn't, nobody did that with the last kid. They didn't yeah. know anything about him. They didn't get to know him. They didn't learn anything about him. So there mm-hmm. would be no reason to feel that connection. Yeah. It you would know? make more sense for Reed's whole relapse to come following this episode. It would, yeah. No matter which way it ended up. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jordan tells Owen that she's worried that her dad will kill him if he finds them. And Owen promises her that no one will ever hurt her again. So clearly she does yeah, she not no know idea. the extent of what he's done mm-hmm. here. Um, the counselor at the school tells, <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, a lot, <laughs> tells Hutch and Reed that Owen was moved to the special ed classes because of his bad attitude and a lack of effort. That's why you get moved yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so then reed says that his grades show a student who is smart but has difficulty with reading and also with spatial reasoning like okay (laughs) all right um but then this counselor says that his standardized test didn't show that he was particularly intelligent and reed says that he wouldn't have been able to fill out a bubble sheet because of his problems with spatial reasoning so here's my question for you if he has such horrible spatial reasoning skills that he can't even fill in a bubble sheet, how is he doing so much shooting of people with guns? 
I would he be like a stormtrooper? Just like I thought about that, but then I, then I was thinking that like every time he shoots somebody mm-hmm. that we see, it's just a spray of bullets That's with an automatic. True, I guess rifle, with an automatic you know? rifle, you don't need much. Uh, like it's aim. not like he's sniping people. Yeah, like it's yeah, just all he's right. Just I'll give you that one. Shooting at random. Yeah. You know? My problem with it is that if he had in fact been receiving special education services, they wouldn't have been basing any of that off of a a standardized test. He would have been evaluated by a school psychologist Mm -hmm. who would have picked up on these things because you can't just get thrown in special ed because you're lazy. Right. And you have a bad attitude. That's not how that works. No. (laughs) Not at all. Like you could have given this a quick Google. (laughs) There, uh, it feels like anytime they have, um, a, like anything with a school or an educator that it's just like a really weird, wild, I don't even want to call it a stereotype because it's so bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. The counselor also notes that Owen's lack of interest in sports was a sore spot with his father because he had done like a brief stint on the wrestling team, but it didn't last and he never had any interest in sports after that. Mm. And they chalked that up to like his lack of like coordination. Like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Morgan is trying to crack Owen's password. And I love he, this part too. Yeah. He types, well, this first choice is Johnny Cash. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then his password is actually hope. Right. Which Morgan, like he like leans back in the computer chair and he's looking at the, at the background or the screensaver or whatever Yeah, the is, wallpaper on the which computer. Which is a picture of the mother named Hope wearing a necklace that says hope. And Morgan goes, I feel like you're trying to tell me something here. And then he types in hope and it's the password. I know. And I was like, remember when your password could just be four letters? Yeah. And it didn't, uh, didn't like, have that like a capital didn't letter. It didn't have a capital letter. It didn't uh-huh. have a special character. Yeah. It wasn't eight to 19 characters uh, yeah. long. <laughs> like, uh, not very secure, Owen. It, I thought it just thought it was so funny. It was like, he couldn't have been more clear about, uh, it, the pa- what his password was, unless his background was my password is hope. Yeah, just a sticky note stuck yeah. to the computer monitor uh-huh. that's like password. <laughs> um, so Reed tells Hotch that Owen was the smartest kid in his class, which is like being the only kid in your class. I'm like, you have literally no reason to think that this kid was particularly gifted. Yeah. He got A's in math and science. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're brilliant. It means you're probably an average to slightly above average student. Yeah. Like if you put effort in, you're probably going to get A's if you do all your homework. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you're no, like, but Reed is like, you can yeah. tell that he's identifying with this kid and this kid is just like him. Yeah. And so everything he says is really just like a veiled. This is what it was like for me. Yeah. Like you can be, you can get A's in class yeah. without, being a super genius. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's a weird like, comparison, too. I, I got too. A's. I'm not a super <laughs> genius. <laughs> um, it's a weird comparison because Reed, the super genius, would have, like, he was, like, grades ahead and all that stuff. And, like, I feel like the experiences aren't comparable. No. But he's decided that he identifies yeah. with this kid. So he's like going to read it fit everything into it. Yeah. Um, he's just massively projecting and Hotch mm-hmm. calls him out on it. Um, Jordan's friend Eileen tells JJ and Emily that Jordan's father was abusive and that Owen took care of her and protected her. Um, Eileen also tells them that Jordan had been raped uh, a few years ago uh, or taken advantage of. Which yeah, I, the connotation is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, by an older kid who was Kyle, the mm-hmm. kid that Owen killed. Uh, We also learn that Owen was hazed by the wrestling team who filmed him masturbating in the shower and posted it to the school's social site. And you're like, this poor child. (laughs) And there was like no consequences for the rest of this team. Yeah. Which it's so like, it's such an 80s movie villain thing, like the weird homoerotic hazing thing. My high school's wrestling team, I remember at one point got... Like there was some hazing. I don't remember yeah. what any of the details were, but like they got in trouble for like hazing the new, like so younger strange. students and stuff. But like, hmm. like I, yeah, it's like I didn't think that that was like, I don't know. Maybe it's a lot more prevalent. Than, I don't know. Yeah, but it's horrific. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, the counselor's like, well, th- the other parents would have gotten mad and it was, it was their the, word against his. Like, no, it's not. There's a video of it. Yeah. You can hear their voices on yeah. the video. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Reed is super mad about that, which is completely justified. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hotch tells him to chill out. Um, and he says that they've heard all these excuses before when they investigate school shooters. And it's like that bothered me a little bit because they're clearly like with the trench coats and the guns and everything they're like very clearly playing on like the columbine stereotypes Mm -hmm. but like so much of what like the like story like the narrative we all got Mm -hmm. about columbine was bullshit yeah and like the bullying and like all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and nobody's ever made a big effort to correct any of that and it's like it's a dangerous a dangerous narrative to keep Mm-hmm. especially on a show like this yeah 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 it's like yeah that i don't know it just bothered me a little bit um but yeah he tells the counselor that he needs to talk to the boys who made the video uh the counselor checks their schedules and then realizes that none of them have shown up to school yeah like, oh, no. that's not gonna go well yeah uh, Garcia is trying to hack Owen's email. Um, Rossi says that Owen and Jordan were made for each other, outcasts with dysfunctional home lives. And Prentice says that they might have been matched, like well-matched as lovers. <laughs> Gross. Um, but that Jordan doesn't seem to be capable of violence. Yeah. So it's not like a like partner in crime situation. I'm going to go ahead and pull a Liz Lemon and say, I only like the word lover if it's between meat and pizza. <laughs> that is what I thought of. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Garcia finds a video of the three wrestlers who made the video being stripped and again, shot down in just a spray of uh, bullets. Um, at the crime scene, Reed quotes the Johnny Cash song that was playing while he killed the boys. Mm-hmm. And Rossi says that he's collecting injustices. Yeah. See, there's Rossi with all those like buzzy phrases again. Yeah. He's probably somebody who uses synergy unironically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then back at the station, the team and the police waste an absolute fuck ton of time arguing about whether or not listening to a profile will be a waste of time. Yeah. It was like... Please stop. <laughs> Just please and stop. And then they give us like a snippet of a profile that doesn't really tell us anything anyway. Yeah. Do you have I wrote little a little bit to yeah, share? Yeah, I wrote it's a little bit nothing. down. Yeah. Um, because they're arguing like they just want to go, the local guys just want to go knocking on doors looking for Owen. And they're like, you can't do that because right now he feels safe. He doesn't know that you know that he's still here. And uh, yeah, so that's that's their whole argument. So they say he fits the profile of a type of school shooter known as an injustice collector. He's trying to avenge perceived wrongs. And they say if he's a school shooter, why hasn't he gone to shoot anyone at the school yet? And they say that's because of Jordan. Most of these guys are so angry and hopeless, they want to kill as many people as possible and commit suicide. But Jordan gives Owen a reason to live. Otherwise, he's a textbook case. His life was one torment after another. His teachers gave up on him. His classmates bullied him. And his father blamed him while giving him access to guns. Given these conditions, we're actually quite fortunate that it's not worse. And then they say, it sounds like you're saying these victims deserve this. And Hotch says, we're not saying that. No one deserved this. And then Reed says, yeah, but you could have prevented it. And then Hotch gets real mad. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, he's right. Yeah. Like, but it. I feel like he's tactless. Yeah. And it's not just the local cops that could have prevented it. It's, it's like everyone. a society as a exactly. whole problem. It's like you don't need to be yelling at the cops about this because yeah. the cops are the least to blame right. of Yell at everyone. That school counselor. Yikes. Exactly. Like the cops are the least to blame of everyone who has dropped the ball and helped create this situation. Yeah. Like Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh Hutch tells Reed that he needs to just leave and he tells him to go help Morgan profile the kid's room because uh, he's just being a little bitch and he yeah. needs to get out of here. Um, they, uh, like, Reed is really insulted by it at first, but then mm-hmm. Hotch makes a good point and he's like, you know this kid better than anybody. Like, please yeah, go get us some insights and help us figure out mm-hmm. where he might be because they can't do anything else yeah. there. And in this conversation, Hotch is telling Reed, like, 
you know that nobody could have predicted this because all adolescents profile like sociopaths. Yeah. And I was like, this is why I don't teach high school. Yeah, absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, they also want to release the video of the kids being shot to the media yeah. to buy them time. I don't like, understand. Absolutely not. Yeah. Those, I don't care what those kids do. That Like their families don't need to see no. their children being gunned down. It's so bizarre the tactics they choose because it swings like wildly in one direction or the other from episode yeah. to episode. And I guess that's partially based on different people writing them, right? But the, it, it, I don't know. I just, I thought it was very like, that's not something JJ would usually suggest, I didn't think. No. It seemed very out of character. Yeah. Um, then we see Owen and Jordan eating dinner together. Owen spends a really long time opening a bottle of wine. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> and like when he pulls out the cork, you can see the corkscrew had gone through the cork at a weird angle and stuff. Yeah. Like, and he tells her to like smell the wine because people who know a lot about wine can smell it and know if it's like the right type or flavor or whatever. Yeah. And she smells it and she's like, it smells like grapes. <laughs> I'm like, that's why would I think about wine too? <laughs> like mm, this wine smells like the cardboard box I bought it in. <laughs> Jordan and I are equally knowledgeable about wine. Uh, yeah. Then somebody arrives at the house. It's the old man who owns it, who is supposed to be away for like mm. the next couple of weeks or something. And he's so happy to see Owen. Yeah. He's like, Hey Owen, what are you doing here? Yeah. And he's just the sweet old man and Owen stabs him. Yeah. Like just kills him. And he goes, why? Yeah. And I was like, oh no. And like the whole time Owen's like, I'm sorry. You weren't supposed to be here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you're like, uh, like, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. Like you should have just been able to talk your way out of that one or something. Yeah. Just be like, hey, and you like, would have driven Jordan, away. Like you could have just, exp like he seems like a nice man and you yeah. could have just been like, Jordan's dad was beating her or something. And like, we need to hide out here for a little bit while we figure out what to do. And I feel yeah. like that old man would have been like, it's yeah. okay. And then they could have gotten in the El Camino and driven away. Yes. <sighs> but, uh, they, he goes back inside and Jordan's like hiding in a corner. Cause she was afraid it was her dad. So she's mm -hmm. clearly very afraid of this man. Yeah. Um, but Owen reassures her and tells her it was just some kids and he took care of it. Mm. Um, so then Reed is reading Owen's emails and Morgan, which this is another part that made me laugh. <laughs> uh, Morgan tells him that he's not the only one that identi who identifies with Owen mm -hmm. because he said when he was a freshman, he was <laughs> only 5'3 mm -hmm. and 120 pounds soaking wet. And he got his ass kicked every day for being a shrimp. Mm -hmm. Like my son <laughs> is <laughs> almost 13 mm -hmm. and he's like, Four nine, and he weighs about seventy pounds. I'm like Morgan, you were a giant. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not like 120 pounds for five three teenage boy is a pretty muscular teenage boy. That's not small. Yeah, like that. That is not small enough that you would stick out as yeah. being a particularly small high school freshman. Yeah, you would be maybe like on the shorter end of average, mm -hmm. but like. Yeah, it's not definitely unusual. there are there are smaller and people. We know Morgan's whole backstory of all the abuse he suffered. So So his thing is that is like, like he was short? Yeah. He's so like, like, no, no, I I understand trauma because I used to be short. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that isn't where no. I thought this conversation was going. No, you understand what it's like to have a father figure yeah. who abused you and was terrible to you. That's, yeah. That is how you identify yeah. with his kid, Morgan. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but then Reed tells a story about when he was in high school uh, being tricked into um, meeting a girl back behind the building, and then it was, like, actually the football team, and they stripped him and tied him to a goalpost and left him there, and all the kids laughed at him, and his mom didn't notice he was gone because she was having an episode. Mm -hmm. And it's like, at first you're like, oh, poor Reed. But then, like, I was thinking about this a little bit more, and, like, he would have been, like, 10 or 11. Yeah. And I feel like if you were 10 or 11, even if you were this like weird super genius. Mm -hmm. I feel like, like, and I know that high schoolers can be mean and I know that they can be bullying and stuff, but I feel like there is a line where like a bit, like a 17 year old kid isn't going to physically bully 
an 11 year old yeah like, they would just is, ignore him it's a little boy yeah like and i yeah. feel like even if there was one kid who was like hey wouldn't it be funny if we like stripped him naked and tied him to a goalpost? a lot of people wouldn't just hang out and laugh and watch like somebody would be like this is a little boy we're talking yeah. about like this yeah. isn't it's not bullying our peer it's it's a small child yeah which, I know it's very it was very weird and you have to assume that like 11 year old Spencer Reed didn't look older than 11 yeah like he probably <laughs> he looked, looked like eight like or nine an eight or nine year old yeah. and it's like they're not I just I don't maybe I'm thinking too highly of high schoolers but I yeah. really don't think that you it would seems get a, a bit much a big enough group of kids that would be willing to do that to someone who is an obvious Child. Small child. <laughs> he, I, that's how I felt about the the uh, wrestling hazing. Like I would believe they hazed in some manner, but that that level of sexual assault, I is so extreme. I know it does happen. Yeah, but, but like I, it's hard to believe that like a like a sexual assault like that would happen. Not that it would happen, but that it would happen with zero consequences. Right. I think they right. like, that crosses a line to yes. which the police would have gotten involved. Yes, in that. absolutely. Because it's not just like they like took his clothes while he was in the shower and he was right. naked. Yeah, like, that's like that, that. That doesn't go unchecked completely. It might like, it might happen for a while before some, but once an authority figure finds out, the school isn't going to just like. No, because I don't know. covering that up would come down harder on the school than parents getting upset yeah, about their yeah, kids then, getting in trouble. Yeah, and so yeah, it feels that's how it feels with the with Reed's bullying incident too. Like that's the kind of thing that doesn't yeah. go unchecked. But like you were saying, like the reality is that everyone would have ignored him, mm -hmm. and that would have been just as emotionally damaging. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like just having absolutely no peer group and no one to relate to you yeah. is also and very him, distressing. And him feeling alone because they say that's how Owen feels, that he's a loner and he's so isolated and all this stuff. Yeah, it's like the, that story was just... It's like, I know what it's like to be alone and to have no one. My mother was... Like, my father was absent. My mother was there, but not really there. Just like Owen's mother is not there and his father is there, but not really there. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's such a stretch. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was too much. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, but anyway, Morgan says that when it comes to cruel and traumatic events, we all have an elephant's memory. <laughs> 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 like, he got to say uh, the name of the episode. Uh, yeah, so Reed thinks that if they can get Jordan away from Owen, he'll kill himself. Yeah, so I was like, all right, so right now the plan is, because the way they're talking about it is that, like they're gonna coax Owen to kill himself. Is that the impression you were getting? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. My next note is like, hold okay, on. A I get it. Like he's killed a lot of people, but like he's wait, wait. also a, child. a traumatized child. Right. Like. Right. He's still like seventeen years old. Yeah. Like it's I just very strange. And to go from Reed being so distraught about this nineteen or twenty year old kid being killed previously, and now this seventeen year old has killed people and they're like, oh, making peace with him killing himself. Well, I feel like when Reed came and suggested that, he mm -hmm. seems distressed about that. Like mm -hmm. he seems like he's like, I know that this is a solution, but he doesn't seem totally okay with it. Yeah. Everyone else, however, is like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very <laughs> like, strange. All right, let's do it. And you're like, not everybody should be okay with this. Yeah. Like, they should at least brainstorm some ways to yeah. take him alive, possibly, <laughs> but nobody does that. No, no, no. No. Uh, so Prentice uh, talks to Eileen um, to try to get her to send a message to Jordan because she's the only other person that Jordan trusts. Yeah. Um, Eileen agrees and she sends a message and even she is like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I don't like this. And you're like, yeah, because it's and a Prentice and JJ plan. are like very cold and unreasonable with her. I'm like, she's also a child. Like, it's yeah. so weird. Um, but yeah, Jordan thinks uh, that they're like, they tell, send her the like the news report about what Owen has done. Mm -hmm. Jordan thinks that they're lying, but then they send her the video. Yeah. Of him shooting everybody. First like, of all, a, Jordan has great reception out at this remote cabin. She does. Because yeah. she can on stream her, that on, on her, her PDA. PDA. <laughs> <laughs> she streams that video on her PDA really quickly. Yeah. Um, I also love in instances like this on TV shows where they have to have a really contrived way for someone to read the text out loud, even though it's not necessary for anyone to be reading the text out loud. Yeah. Like Eileen's so like, typing. Eileen types and the apprentice reads it. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, she doesn't believe that Owen would hurt her, but she is a little bit suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes to the window and sees him burying the old man's body, which he's doing in a shallow grave 10 feet away from the door in broad daylight. Yes. And you're like, this is a super genius. Yes. <laughs> you really needed the FBI to come in and handle this one. Um, so she, uh, they tell her to see if she can get away with him, uh, from him. She runs out, like just, just runs to the car, um, turns it on and you can hear the engine like trying to turn over, but it's not starting. Mm -hmm. And then we see the team get a message back from Jordan that just says, you turned her against me. Mm. And you're like, Uh whoopsie dipsy. They're like, we just got Jordan killed. Like, yeah, you did. Yeah, probably. (laughs) This was a terrible plan. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan then uh, walks into the police station. So mm-hmm. it turns out she was able to get away because there's yeah. like the commercial break. And yeah. It was like, I didn't remember. Like, I honestly yeah. was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if he got her or not. Uh, but she did manage to get the car started and escape um, with just a tiny bit of convincing. She tells them where they can find Owen. Mm-hmm. The team and the police show up. They find the old man's body, but Owen is already gone. And there's a note that says that he needs to return his mother's necklace. Mm-hmm. So Hotch sends the sheriff to Owen's house, and the team decides they're going to go to Owen's mom's grave. But Reed takes his vest off, and he says that um, Owen is going to force them to kill him and that he's not going to be a part of it. And Hotch is like, fine, just go to the station. Just mm-hmm. get out of here. Um, we see that Owen is not at the graveyard. They spend a really long time walking like slowly around looking like he's going to pop out from behind one of the very few (laughs) small gravestones. Mm -hmm. Like there is nowhere to hide in this graveyard. No, not at all. Um, He's definitely not there. Um, But Reed realizes all along that he wanted to give the necklace back to Jordan. Mm -hmm. So goes to the station to find her. Um, Reed wants to find a way to save him. Yes. Uh, so Owen, we see him, and they're playing Hurt. By yeah. Him. And uh, Owen walks toward the station. He's got his trench coat and his giant gun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's very Columbine. Yeah. Um, but, like, the music choice is great. Yes. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's the Johnny Cash cover. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Reed approaches him, and he kind of does the same psychobabble stuff that he tried in the last episode. Yeah. But it wasn't good. <laughs> and yeah. this time it is good because he's like, it's actually heartfelt. You and know? he like taken his gun off before and handed it to Prentice. So he's unarmed. Yeah. And I love this. Like there's like the tense shot where they like pan to each member of the team back and forth and back and forth. Like what's going to happen? It's like Prentice's pain face and Rossi's pain face yeah. and Hotch's pain face. And like he's positioned himself in a way that he's blo- like intentionally blocking the shot so mm-hmm. that nobody can shoot him. Um, he's telling Owen that he doesn't have to die. He doesn't have to leave Jordan. He knows he doesn't want to like leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen asks him to bring Jordan out to him and Reed says he can't do that, but he can take Owen in to say goodbye to her. And Owen reaches into his coat and pulls out the necklace and he puts his gun down on the ground and gives the necklace to Reed. And mm-hmm. so they, you know, yeah. then like, he's like, like puts the gun down and he's like walking, clearly giving himself up. And the mm-hmm. team just like swarms yeah. in and very Morgan's, aggressively. Morgan's got to get a little manhandling yeah. no matter what happens. Like, okay, okay. Like he's giving himself up. Like, yeah. We don't need to roughhouse him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he walks in, um, he and Jordan, like they don't say anything. They just mm-hmm. like stare at each other and Reed hands the necklace back to Jordan and then they walk him away. Um, and then we get our closing quote, which is, we cross our bridges when we come to them and burn them behind us with nothing to show for our progress except the memory of the smell of smoke and a presumption that our eyes, that once our eyes watered, Tom Stoppard. It was a playwright. Yes. I learned. I Googled that. I figured you probably already knew that. Yeah, that one, that one I knew. Uh, so then on the plane, Hotch comes over and he chastises Reed for his stunt and says he'll fire him if he ever does anything like that again. Mm-hmm. He asks him, um, but then he does ask, like, he's like, well, what were you thinking? Because yeah. he wants to know why he would do something like that. And Reed says that he just couldn't have another kid die in front of him. Um, and then Hotch tells Reed that when they land the plane, he thinks that he should really go catch the end of that movie. Like, so Hotch knows he went to a meeting, but it was the first time he went to a meeting. Yeah, I don't know. 
But I was like, I, I liked that. I'm like, I, that might be at least worth half a point for Hotch because yeah. this is the first time that a superior or a coworker has encouraged anyone else on the team to get help. Yes, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> like I was just being a responsible superior yeah. at this point and encouraging him to take care of his mental health because he clearly knows Something. he's struggling. Yeah. I like, just I thought it was so strange because it seemed like a veiled reference to the meeting and I yeah, didn't know sure. how Hotch would know, especially if it was the first time he went to a meeting. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't I know. know that, but yeah. I did appreciate because he was very clearly telling him like yeah. he knows what he was doing. And yeah. It's like, it's Hotch, though, his magical profiling ability. That's true. He's very good at profiling. Yeah. Um, and that's that. That's that. So we had Hotch for our Hotch watch at a six and a half. You want to bump him up to a seven? I think we should bump him up to a seven. All right. I'll bump him up to a seven. He addressed someone's mental health struggle. That's important to acknowledge. I think so. Positive yeah. reinforcement. Nobody, everybody else would have just been like, have you tried forgetting about it and yeah. moving on? <laughs> Sage advice have that one of stuffing my it down? one of my eight year olds gave to another kid at school. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, have you like? what well, sometimes when I'm upset, um, I forget about it and move on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, good advice, mm. but maybe not great advice to give to somebody you're supposed to be apologizing to because you <laughs> accidentally hit them with a badminton racket. <laughs> have you tried just pretending like I never did that to you? Yeah, that would make just, you feel better. <laughs> What I'm doing now is gaslighting. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think there's much for the profile as far as accuracy, helpfulness, and plausibility to it's, rate. It's, it's none of those it's things. It's not really. really a profile at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't even think it's worth. No. There, and like, it, like, there's nothing yeah. even particular to Owen that they talk about. It's just no, it's school, like the only- random general school shooter. Yeah, and like the only way they even like used psychology at all was Reed talking him down at the end. Yeah, we're not addressing it. It took me the whole episode too to figure out why he looked so familiar. Mm. Like uh, the kid. Yeah. Why? Why did he? Um, because his brother, who oh. he looks a lot like, mm-hmm. played Zigzag in the movie Holes, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which I just recently watched. Because ah. <laughs> I like looked up his IMDb and I like. Um, the only thing that was on there that I recognized, like, I guess he was in Des- Desperate Housewives for a while, oh. which I never watched. No. Um, but he was in one really good episode of SVU where he played like the mm. son of a white supremacist and he was really mm. good in that too. Mm. But I was like, I feel like I know him from somewhere else. And then I realized that he has a brother uh, who looks very much like him. Yeah. He was in holes. <laughs> well, we've got another white man. Sure do. So we are 20 to 3, up to 87% for season 3, um, and 61 to 10 overall for the series, and about 86% white men overall. So still pretty consistent. Yeah. Consistently white men. Uh, the next one, ho oh, ho, the next episode, In Heat. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> the like, return I of one of our favorite characters. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so excited. So much to talk about for that one. Um, yeah, it's one I actually do remember before. I feel like I've been on a streak of saying I'm not sure I remember it and then remembering it once it starts. But yeah. this Oh, one, no, this one. <laughs> this one sticks out in my memory. I feel like there is going to be some problematic things to discuss Uh-oh. in this episode. Oh, will there ever be? Uh, well, wherever you're listening, be sure to leave us a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram at the Unsub is a White Man. Our theme music is composed and performed by Nate Youngblood, and the podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And until next week, we'll be stuffing three hams into a pair of blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs>